Hello and welcome to Next Level Ops, a podcast that explores tools, tips, and techniques for hosting and managing websites presented by Plesk. Today, our guest is Anne McCarthy. She's the WordPress product liaison at Automatic. And I'm going to say she's a friend of mine. I have always enjoyed talking to Anne. We've never met in real life, but we we got acquainted with each other during the pandemic. So that's, I think, forgivable. But uh, Anne uh, leads testing uh, or, or does a lot of testing for full site editing. And she is the second person in our Women in Tech series, which puts a spotlight on, as you might guess, women in tech. Anne, how are you today? I'm doing great. And I, we are definitely friends. So count me as a friend. And I yes. look forward to sharing whatever beverage of choice we can when we meet in person. Yes. Um, but yeah, likewise. thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I'm really excited to talk to you because I think as as someone who comes from a developer background, right? I I've been a developer for over 20 years, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Um I started in high school, but wow, I've always congrats. hated yeah, thank you. Um <laughs> I've always hated testing, right? I always equate it to uh to like a carpenter building a chair and then like mm. slamming that chair against the wall to see if it shatters. Uh, and it's like, I just built this. I just spent all this time. It's finally in a good spot. And now I'm going to try to break it, um, which maybe we should throw more chairs against the wall to see if they shatter. Because if they shatter, they're not good for sitting on, right? It's all That's about the right walls. That's the, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about this because uh, with, with full site editing becoming uh a more and more integral part of WordPress with WordPress powering a large percentage of the web. Um, it's important to get it right. And I feel like um, at least since I've been familiar with your work at the helm, it's been, um, we've been a bit more judicious about rolling out new features for full site editing, where in the past, maybe we just kind of rolled things out and if they broke, we would fix them really quick. So, um, but before we get into all of that, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your current role at Automatic? I know that's changed recently. Yeah. So my background, I started in WordPress in 2011. Actually, I was a student at UNC Chapel Hill and needed a job um, and someone took a chance on me. <laughs> I, nice. I basically have been on Blogger in a private blog for about eight years. I dabbled in Tumblr. So I had some basic HTML, CSS, but you know, was not prolific on the web. And he taught me, his name's Jeff and Jimlin. He taught me basically everything I know and kind of brought me into the UNC, web.unc, ITS services um, at the university. And I had so many different jobs there. It was kind of bouncing around. And then one day someone was like, have you heard of Automatic? I said, like, no idea what you're talking about. And then at the same time, another friend gave me the year without pants. And nice. it kind of was like this perfect merging of worlds where UNC turned out to be a VIP client of Automatic. And then I got introduced went to my first ever WordCamp um, in 2014 in WordCamp Raleigh, um, where I got to actually see that there was a community of people behind this and understand like what open source meant, um, why it mattered, and kind of opening up to the broader broader WordPress world. Um, and then from there, I joined Automatic first as a happiness engineer, became a team lead about a year in, did that for about three and a half years, worked on the developer experience team for about a year, and then switched into developer relations for about two years. And then a couple of months ago, I switched into the WordPress product liaison role, um, which basically I try to describe it as my job is to be an accelerant, a doer, and dot connector across both Automatic, so the wider Automatic ecosystem of plugins and services. Um, and then also at the same time, do the same in the community. 
Um, so cutting across developers, designers, marketers, um, agencies, like all these different use cases, five of the future companies, like what can I do to make sure um, I'm an accelerant for like get information to the people who need it. Um, I'm a doer. So can I come in and, and help resolve something? Do I need to, you know, do a testing call? Do I need to, you know, <laughs> get into your specific yeah. use case, write some documentation, do a video? Um, and then doc connector is just like, you two need to talk to each other. Like we need to bring these, these people into the same room. Um, to move things forward. So that's like the TLDR yeah. <laughs> of my background. <laughs> I think that's great. Is that a new is that a new role, product liaison? Yeah, it's a brand new role. They kind of um kind of just came out based on the work I was doing with developer relations, to be honest. Uh, nice. I, I kind of quickly realized problems were happening at different levels. So at a certain point it was like, I need to talk to designers before we get this gets to developers or um in order for developers to do their job, I need to spend a lot of time with agencies or enterprise companies or end users. Like it, it kind of became this thing where I was coloring outside the lines. Yeah. Um, and it made sense that I, I have a very strong skill set in, in that I like to look across things. I don't like to stay narrow and yeah. constrained. And the DevRel role was kind of feeling like that for me, mm-hmm. um, where I kind of realized my impact would be in other places. So. Yeah. Nice. It's that's a weird job. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome. It's really, I think it's really important, especially like at the state of the word last year, Matt talked about how he wanted more people contributing. And I think kind of being a liaison between Automatic, who I, mm-hmm. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's a safe bet to say that Automatic is the biggest contributor of the open source project. So, is yeah. that fair? Um, so, you know, kind of uh, uh, working with Automatic and the and the rest of the community to make sure that we're all kind of moving towards one goal and making sure everybody mm-hmm. kind of has what they need is is really important. Yeah, and I should never be a blocker. So that's my goal. Is I it should never be like, oh, Anne's coming in and ruining the party. It should be like, mm-hmm. oh, great, Anne, come here, come look at this. Like, nice. that's the kind of vibe I want. So I'm yeah. still figuring the role out. And so I think if you're listening to this and something sparks your mind, you think I could be helpful, like please, please reach out. I'm at Anne Zazu and we're Prestoric Slack and. Um, my whole job is to be, you know, aware of a lot of things and then bring the pieces together. So don't be shy. Awesome. Yeah. I will have a link uh, to all of Anne's contact information uh, as well as other show notes, like a link to the year without pants, which is a great book by Scott Birkin um, in, in the show notes over at plus.com slash podcast. So you can find everything over there. Um, So, so you were doing uh, some, some light HTML and CSS. I like to ask, uh, how does that help you in your job today? Right. Because as mm. I feel like I had a very uh, unique skill set as a, a developer in that I can speak developer and English. Right. Uh, whereas <laughs> I think some developers can't. Um, uh-huh. And, and so kind of being able to, to speak the language of both groups, I think is, is really important. So does your experience kind of working in the UNC web services help you with that? Yeah, I also think it gave me a weird perspective in that I was on a multi-site network. Mm-hmm. Um, so this whole debate around like, are multi-sites dead? I'm like, what? No, because to <laughs> me, that's where I started in WordPress. So it's really yeah. entertaining. Um, I've also talked a lot of people out of doing multi-sites, including my own father. Um, <laughs> so I think it's kind of, it's interesting in that sense. But yeah, I towards, I think at different points, I like started to work on some plugins. We did a lot of database stuff because it's like a huge university, uh, a lot of migration stuff. So like I kind of got a weird peek into things Um, and then very quickly it was in, I worked on Vault Press, which is a security, it was a security and backup service and restore service. And um, so I loved hack sites. That was like 
what I would call my specialty yeah. <laughs> because I just thought it was fascinating how people could hack WordPress and it was so creative and so interesting. And so a lot of like today, a lot of these experience all wrap up into one where it's like, oh, we're changing the markup of this block. How does this impact um, whomever? Like I have the fundamentals in place where I can see like, oh yeah, this is going to be a huge change. Like there's been a lot of um, controversy and like confusion around um, how some markup has changed in a way that, you know, block theme authors can't target things in a certain way. And mm-hmm. to me, like I can understand that because <laughs> my yeah. very first thing was like targeting specific things and being like, how can I change the color of this? Um, right. And one, one of my jobs at UNC was kind of a strange job. What I literally would use just inspect element and would try to go across, like, I think it was like 10 different sites to point out like like different details that were off. So whether it was spacing or whatever, like, cause the headers were all made by different people across this university, mm. but they needed them to all be the same. Yeah. So I would just stare at different things and oh, then like wow. mess with what would fit. Yeah. It was like a very strange job you make, you know, a student do for like $12 an hour, <laughs> which I was thrilled about. I was like, this is great. Yeah, um, for sure. Wow. So yeah. A lot of that sort of stuff I end up using. Um, and then a lot of just thinking about like, how do you roll things out? Um, on a large scale and how can you improve workflows? Um, that's definitely a big one. It's like, how do we speed this up? What can, what can make this easier? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good, that's a really interesting point too, I think. Cause like when, you know, again, I'm like old, uh, when I started <laughs> making websites, it was like, I have an index.html file, I'll FTP it, right. Or a .php file. Now it's like, <laughs> You need to install Composer and run the thing and all the build tools. So um, in your position, do you do you see the impact of those things at all? Right. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess ultimately my question is, it feels like being able to contribute or even just be a develop like a web developer has gotten a lot harder in the last 10 years. And I can't tell if it's just because I'm I'm old and I have kids and I don't have time to (laughs) dig into the deep stuff anymore or if it actually has gotten harder. I think that like root level stuff has gotten harder. Like if you're really trying to, like if you're trying to contribute code to Gutenberg, like very like intense code that cuts across a lot of different things. Like, yes, there's a lot of this stuff you have to spin up. Um, And I know that folks are working on that. Like, I think that's one of the cool things is there's a lot of experimentation. I know Helen, Sunday, who's now at GitHub, has talked about like different code spaces, like how can we improve this? Um, but then tied to this, on the flip side, things like block, but like theming, have now been like way easier. Where like designers can come in um, and help create block themes. Like so, there's like different pathways. So like whenever people say this, I'm like, it depends on what you look at, which I know is like a horrible thing. One of my best friends he always said, he's like, well, and it depends, and it makes me yeah. so mad. But <laughs> I have to use that line because it does depend. It depends on what yeah. you're trying to do. Um, but there's a lot of, um, like you're trying to create a custom block, there's create block, um, uh, tool set that, that developers have made to make it easier to get started. Um, so I think there are people who are in the community who are working to make these like setup states way easier. Do I think we have a way to go for sure? Um, I think it's very much on everyone's mind, everything from like, how can we make the documentation easier to read? How can we add more code samples? How can we make sure documentation is up to date the second a release is done um Mm -hmm. so people aren't having to figure it out like i think there are tons of structural things we can do beyond just like what's the system you have to have um so yeah i I think there's there's (laughs) there's tons of stuff and i see it every day Um, yeah but i mean you raise a really good point though right like getting started maybe is harder but like theming is mm-hmm. so much easier now. And like that as that was my primary job for a long time. Yeah. In freelance, like take PDFs and turn them into, yeah. 
uh, HTML and then into WordPress themes and a crowd favorite. Um, you know, I, I, that, I was a front end dev. That was my main job. Um, and now it, it's, it's like some number of years ago, I was like, I don't even mock up in Photoshop anymore. I just kind of like sketch it and then like go right to markup uh, just yeah. to see because it's gotten easier. Um, and patterns are easier and baking yeah. patterns into block themes is way easier. Like everything, like the actual experience if you're building for someone, it can be like, I'm actually working with a nonprofit a friend of mine connected me with. And um, it's been a fun experiment because the one they weren't using the block editor, the the theme they were using had turned it off, but the theme actually, not the theme, um, the person, the agency they worked with. Um, and so the site was just full of short codes. There's a whole, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder y'all don't want to touch this. Like what yeah. you're asking me to do should take like five minutes. Why is this so hard? So I like removed that line, had them using the block editor, started converting some pages and they're like, mind blown. And now I'm like, okay, now that you have this, what about if we add some patterns in? So what's something common that you all use? Okay. You need a donation form. Great. I'm going to create a pattern. (laughs) You open up the inserter. Boom. Here it is right here. You don't have to do anything. If you want to tweak it, the language you can. Um, and that's something that, you know, when I was starting out, I would not have known how to do, or I don't even think it was possible. So, um, or maybe you could with a plugin, but for me, I mean, it took, I don't know. 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> and most of that was like figuring out what they wanted and having different options. Um, so it's really neat how much things have progressed. Um, but yeah, it depends on how you're trying to contribute and what you're trying to build with for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love uh, block patterns. I, I'm, I think I'm using a plugin that does this unless it's like in, in a recent release, but I don't think it is. Uh, but I was able to like right click on a set of blocks recently and like create a block pattern. I That's think cool. Blockmeister does that. Yeah, that's definitely um, a plug-in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, but again, like just the fact that like it exists and it, it's there for theme developers, right? So that you don't have to create like mm-hmm. custom page templates or like custom category templates where you're copying markup from one page to another. Like that's just, it's, we're in the growing pains phase still a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's going to make uh, making and maintaining websites a lot easier. Yeah, the potential is huge. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so one of your main responsibilities, I, th- I think, I don't, I didn't get a list of your <laughs> responsibilities, but it's to help test full site editing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it like testing software that powers 40-ish percent of the web? <laughs> it keeps you up at night. I can tell you that. <laughs> Before 5.9, I was, I didn't realize it, but I was physically very anxious. Mm-hmm. Like I would be at my computer and one of the things... I've been like a lifelong athlete and I've always had this problem where I, I, if I'm running, if someone's like teaching me a new skill, like I played rugby in college, I would hold my breath. My coach was like, and breathe, like you got to breathe. Like, wow. So I'd be doing the drill and I'd all of a sudden be like super winded and I wouldn't realize it's because I wasn't breathing. And so I'd find myself at my computer, like not breathing. Like I'd be all of a sudden like yawn or take a huge breath. And I was like, yeah. Oh, right. I'm doing the same thing I did. Wow. Um, in sports, which was really funny. So like, it's, it's stressful because it's a huge responsibility we were talking about before the show, but that's how I think of that metric is I just think about like all the people I can't see, um, you know, all the people who haven't been invited in all the people who I'll never meet. Um, and so it's a huge weight and it's a huge, but it's also quite, uh, you think about the history of humanity to have that kind of reach. Um, there's a book I read called present shock and it's like a global reach reserved for Kings. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of what it's like. If you think about it, like many, many, years ago, like this was a, a reach that should not have been possible, um, except for a very select few. And then yeah, it, it creates this huge opportunity of like inviting people in. So I think sometimes people, <laughs> they're like, oh, and I don't want to like, you know, talk poorly about FSC because you spend so much time on it. I'm like, no, no, like, that's what we need. Like, I need yeah. you to talk about what you need. I need you to talk about what's painful. Like, 
I need more of it. Um, and so I think, and I need different kinds of feedback. I need different kinds of people. And we all do. It's not just me. Um, I, I know I've been, I don't like to think of myself this way, but I think some people have seen me as like a figurehead of FSC testing. Um, and I have been doing spearheading the FSC outreach program for sure. Um, but it's also just like the WordPress community in general needs it. And WordPress as a software needs it. If we think of it as like an entity. Um, and if we think about like where the even broader and saying Matt speaks very eloquently about the future of the internet, um, being open. So yes, critique it. Yes. <laughs> get in GitHub, get in track. Um, try it out if you want to, if it's, if you're not ready for it, it's also, there's, that's the beauty of FSC right now is you don't need to necessarily do it. Um, but yeah, there's a huge responsibility and something I think about a lot is just like, who's not in the room. And I love when I hear from people whose usernames I've never seen before, um, where it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Someone who's thought I haven't yet, um, been able to dive into and like, how does this, and that's where like the dot connecting comes in. Like, how does this connect to someone else? Um, so actually recently in the company, I connected a bunch of people internally who were all doing like block theming and they were all like, I've kept seeing the same people doing block theming, doing block theming. And I was like, all right, <laughs> all of us are getting in a room. Um, and I've done that in the community as well. And I will continue to do that in the community as well. But it's, it's interesting how much we're seeing patterns and people think it's like a unique problem. And a lot of times to me, it's such a good signal when we have data points yeah. you know, pointing us in one direction. So, yeah, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Um, I, th I guess like, you know, it's easy, uh, again, both as a creator and a developer, it's easy for me to get emotionally attached to the thing I create, mm. right? Um, and when you're here, when you're building something for so many people, uh, you, you need to have, I'm not going to say a thick skin, right? Because it's usually not like a personal attack on you or whatever, but yeah. you need to keep an open mind. Um yeah. So like, you know, I got like a negative review on my podcast about having too many ads and I was like, well then just pay the five bucks. But then I was like, you know, maybe I did have too many ads and like I reworked the format a little bit. So um, meditation helps a lot. I can say yeah. I have not always been great. Like there have definitely been moments where this week, actually, I'm not going to say the exact situation, but someone was like, this is absurd that you all haven't done this. And I just like wanted, I was like, oh, how do I, <laughs> and I was like, and this is good. Like yeah. he thinks this is absurd. This might be the biggest blocker for him. He's giving you really good information. And so I took a step back and like really understood it. Ended up opening up a GitHub issue. Like it was actually, I ended up being a really productive thing, but I did pause and say, had to explain the context. Cause most people are not going to be knee deep in this stuff. And so right. um, I think it's a good chance to like, humanize and connect because if, if I were to like blow this person off, I don't know, when, why would they ever come back and give more feedback? Right. Right. Know? So I always think about who's, who I'm interacting with and also who's watching. Cause if other people are watching, that's how you end up getting where it's like the WordPress community isn't friendly or whatever. And so if I'm having right. a bad day, sometimes I'll actually delay. We all have bad days, but sometimes I'll wait a couple hours before responding. Um, just yeah. to make sure. That's, that's great. I've, I am bad at that practice on Twitter. Like I actually got into it oh. with somebody on Twitter. I don't usually get into it with people on Twitter because I, mm -hmm. I know, but like I tweeted something that I thought was genuinely helpful. And this, this person basically took an approach of, well, that's not the way I do it. And the way I do it is like Canon, right? Like, so uh. I use my app this way and I don't understand why. And I'm like, I was really trying to make this person see like why maybe their way is not the way everybody does it, but it, it just, like I had to mute him or, yeah, or her. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I had to mute this person. Yeah. I just like, I was on there briefly and then I was like, this is just not for me. Like I, I don't need this like cortisol shot every like 
five minutes. Like it just yeah. seems really um, toxic for me, at least. Like I just, I, yeah, I bless I, you who stay on it. <laughs> I, I agree. I struggle with it. And like, I know like yeah. my, my target audience is, is podcasting and a lot of mm-hmm. podcasters are on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and so I've just been like aggressively using the mute button lately, like, or the mute filters. That's what the tools are for. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I learned that a word that if you mute a word and it shows up in a person's name, hmm. uh, it's not, it still shows up on your timeline. Like, it's not like a complete filter. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So if, if, if we just pick a, let's say the word is like flugelhorn, right? Uh, <laughs> if I mute flugelhorn... I won't mm-hmm. see tweets with the word flugelhorn in it. But if somebody like makes their Twitter name Joe Flugelhorn Casabona, <laughs> their tweets will still show up wow. in my timeline. And I'm like, that this is like a huge bug. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like, this, this is an over. And maybe it's like, well, if you want to mute specific people, right, mm-hmm. uh, you can mute specific people. But when there's a, 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 some sort of cause, right? That a bunch of people are mm-hmm. putting this specific thing in their, in their name. Um, You're just gonna have to manually mute everything. Yeah. And I like, and like, I don't want to mute like those, I don't want to mm-hmm. mute those people necessarily. Right. Cause they're not, they're not necessarily tweeting this muted word every day that I don't want to see, but it's mm-hmm. in their name or whatever. Uh, Moderation tools are a whole interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it brings us back to like who's testing and, and what are they mm-hmm. testing for? Right. And who are they and, building for? Yeah. And who, who are, are they, they building, building for? for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so I think that's really interesting. Um, now, um, this is, I have this w- written weirdly in the document. Um, <laughs> what are you doing slash, do you have any advice for getting people outside of contributors and the community to test? So um, mm. how do we get people who aren't necessarily maybe logged in to the WordPress Slack? to test full yeah. site editing. And that's like a huge, um, there's a couple of different ways right now. Uh, Courtney Robertson and Sarah Snow, we've started experimenting. Courtney has a, a number of these of group testing. She really started spearheading that along. I think Carrie Dills did an early one too. That was group nice. testing. Um, and then uh, I can remember her username. It's Mimi Tips. She's in the Japanese WordPress community. She's done group mm. testing. Nice. Um, so there's a number of people who will go out into, into their literal communities or just host them online during the pandemic um, and do testing for people who might never join the outreach program and like summarize that and bring it back to the group. So like we've had group testing of up to like 30 or 40 people where like I, they never trickle back into the, in that, into the actual channel. And that's totally cool with me. Um, it's just like whether someone wants to take that on. So that's one way. And I've started um, with each call for testing the last two, at least, um, Sarah, Courtney and myself have done the social learning spaces and have done group testing um, which has been really helpful. And we've had some people join, like, I think maybe of the, like, let's call it like 20 people who join, maybe two or three will pop into the Slack channel or will comment on the post itself. So if they were a yeah. account. Um, so that's been really cool. But then also um, some of it's less like, I am never, the, the calls for testing are meant to like have a grounding force and to be like, here it is. Um, but some people who interact with me, like, they never follow the culture testing and they're just tinkering. Um, yeah. and I love that. So if I ever see someone like blog about it or, um, sometimes like some of my coworkers like Birgit will you know, be like, Hey, I got, I read the Gutenberg times newsletter and so she'll mention like a blog post that someone wrote about using full sighting or a tweet thread will explode and I'll, I'll reach out to them. 
Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of people where like, it, I don't need them to be in the outreach program to necessarily like follow up and, and kind of do a deep dive. Um, but yeah, in terms of bringing more people in, I think another big one to point out is translation. So there's a couple of folks in the Italian um, and Pietro Mario um, is his username. I love him. He's, nice. like, he's translated almost every single call for testing into Italian. And then wow. um, a group of folks in the Japanese community have also done the same for Japanese translation. So I think translations are huge. That's another big piece to, to invite folks in from their locale. So they don't, I don't know if you know this, but there's different Slack groups for each locale. Um, oh, so I like did not know they that. may not actually join the WordPress workspace because it's yeah. in English. Right. Um, and so that's a really neat way to get folks involved. There's a guy, um, not going to pronounce his name. He's in, uh, he helps with the German support forms. So he brings in from the support forms stuff to me, um, into the average nice. program. So that's been cool. So it's almost like not necessarily just me. It's like empowering everyone else in the group to be like, yep, bring it, bring it here. And just answering as many things as, as possible. And then where there are patterns, creating documentation, creating guides, um, creating like learn WordPress courses and, and kind of moving things forward. Um, but I still think there's more to do. Like, I wish I could like, duplicate myself and have like an army of like 10 of me where we could just go out because like right now I have probably like 12 different Slack installs, mm-hmm. um, wow. whether it's like post status or JP campus or work, yeah. work camp for publishers or, um, black press. Like there's a number of them. I think that's just off the top of my head, yeah. um, that I've just joined. And then I set up alert words. So if someone, you know, if there's a FSC channel or a Gutenberg channel, I'm in there and then uh, I have no problem saying this, but like if someone uses the term block theme or, Gutenberg or block editor or full citing or FSC. Like there's a list of maybe like yeah. eight to 10 words. Um, automatic is another one just in case someone needs to get in touch with something automatic. Um, oh, that's so time smart. That is not the case, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't <laughs> sit there and monitor it necessarily. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of post status just I'm like, okay, everything's fine. It's just Everything's good. Them. People yeah, are just having school. a bad day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like an easy way to scale myself up is like, I cannot pay attention to everything, but what can I do to curate kind of like we're talking about with the muting stuff. This is kind of the opposite where, um, I just can't sit in there every single day. It's just unsustainable. Yeah. Um, but then I'm off of Twitter. So like I close some things down entirely, open up other things. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is, I, I mean, I think that's totally like, you want to be where your community is. Right. And like, yeah, sure. Lots of WordPress users are on Twitter because lots of all sorts of users are on mm-hmm. Twitter, but like, you know, I'm in the WordPress community or whatever on Twitter and it's not super active. So I think yeah. that ultimately like whatever, like the important stuff, like you said, if there's patterns or whatever, like that'll bubble up to you eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also but, like yeah. the, the frame of impact where it's like, if we are not listening to our extenders or agencies or like, if we're just going to the far reaches, the edges of this stuff, which is like right. needs to happen, but if we're going to start somewhere, we got to start with the people who've been invested in us. In my opinion, like if I, if I am not, um, you know, if the people who have been, who will actually go deep into it and will actually spend time to give feedback, aren't being listened to, why would someone on the far edges ever feel like they're going to be listened to? And if I go out and try to like get feedback from them, how is that going to make everyone else feel? Yeah, um, that's a really that's a really good point. I thought that you were going in a different direction with that, but that makes <laughs> sense, right? Like, yeah, uh, if you're not listening to Yoast or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, what makes me think you'll listen to me if I yeah. get feedback? Yeah, yeah, it's like you're not even paying attention to the people who are most deeply invested in your product. Right. Like, that would be a really horrible um, 
yeah, I'd be like a close friend, not responding to my text message, but you yeah, know, right. hitting it up with someone. It's like, wait a sec. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that I think Flight of the Concord song. Yeah. <laughs> and I think in time it can expand. Like that's my hope, right? Is that this isn't a snapshot in time, but over time we get better and better and better at getting feedback from more and more people. So like right now, this is the approach for um, a combination of sustainability and quite frankly, full sighting will not be successful if we don't get themers on board, like plugins on board. Um, we need that stuff to work for an end user to have a good experience. So like until we get kind of the initial base on board um, and have like their needs met and their concerns heard, um, you know, it's almost like a moot point to go further out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've, we're coming up on time here, unbelievably, uh, or maybe believably. Um, and uh, I want to ask, what, what can developers do to create better tests for the software they're mm. creating? So maybe not necessarily WordPress, but I think, again, WordPress is globally used software. Um, yeah. So the tests that you're creating might be a good kind of template for, for other software. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things is will one work with designers because they'll often think about end users or different types of users. Um, and then I would just chunk things smaller. This is always advice I see with PRs, but truly having smaller PRs that can be reviewed, um, that have a cohesive system to it where it's like these 10 PRs work together <laughs> and then having a point where you can actually, you build in a pause of, okay, I've got it to a workable state. Now it needs testing. I think is a really good philosophy to have. Um, so for example, in Gutenberg, we have like an experiments page. So Gutenberg itself is more experimental, but then on top of that, there's actually experiments you can turn on even further within the Gutenberg plugin. And I think that's a really cool system. Um, so the last call for testing, we actually tested two new versions of um, the list and the quote block, which is really nice. Neat. But they're literally, you have to turn them on, install a Gutenberg plugin and turn them on the experiments page. So very experimental. And that's like a way to build in those things. So for developers, having a couple different pathways um, to actually test varying degrees, I think is really key. So I think sometimes people think of testing as like a binary, um, and it's not. There are different levels in which you can invite folks in. Um, and like, there's also ways of saying, hey, this is really, really early. Please think about this in blue sky thinking kind of way. Like, mm -hmm. you could also get a designer to create a prototype. Um, so like, maybe you have a rough idea and you're working on something, but you want to kind of figure out where to go next. You can actually have a designer to create a prototype and have people go through that prototype. There's just so many levers to pull. And I think sometimes for developers, it's seen as like, oh man, I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> but actually right. it can really inform your work and what you work on next um, and prevent yeah. some gotchas. So. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, I think it's, um, you know, there's, there's been like a long standing idea of like, you need to dog food your work or whatever, but like, if you're building something just for you, then it has an audience of one person and, and it's you, mm -hmm. right? You need to go out and learn how other people are actually using it and, and yeah. make the adjustments, right? A hundred percent. And there's been some interesting stuff that's come up that actually, especially with full sighting, that ideas about gradual adoption that I never would have thought of. And I don't think anyone was like thinking of until people started playing with it, um, which is really neat. Like, I think that that's part of the the fun of, of testing is you're like, oh, that is a, a neat idea. And actually that's just like, two lines of code or whatever, you know, like I think yeah. there's an, an element of, it's not always two lines of code, um, but I think there's an element of creativity that can kind of be brought in. Um, I would also say, be very clear about what kind of testing you need. And if you don't know, I think it's also okay to be clear about that too. I think there's a, a lot of, um, a lot of good comes with setting expectations, um, both for like, whenever in my experience with these calls for testing, some of them have been very um, future 
future thinking. And I set it up that way. I call it actually an exploration rather than a call for testing. Um, and that kind of helps shift the framework and the mindset. Um, and I think that that goes a really long way. I love that. I think it makes, it makes perfect sense. And, and even like the, um, the group testing and, and like taking it kind of outside the community, I think those are all really good ideas. There's software that can help people uh, do that. If, if, you know, if your community is not necessarily as robust as, as the WordPress community, but like I've always, when I was testing websites, I'd always just like send the URL to like a bunch of my friends <laughs> and be like, open this, tell me what you used. Uh, and, and if anything looks broken. Um, so I think, I think that's great. Uh, leveraging kind of the tools you have and understanding that testing isn't binary. I think I, I, I love that. So, um, last question here. Uh, and, and this is because you, I'm sure you get a bunch of feedback that's just like, it's not working. And like, that's <laughs> yeah. like not helpful. Um, so and and I, I'll also say conversely, like developers are always quick to be like, well, it's working on my machine. And I'm like, great. So just give me your machine and we'll be on our way. Um, how can developers make it easier for people to submit helpful feedback or bug reports? Mm. I am a big believer in like the structure. So if you're using GitHub or whatever you're using to like track bugs, setting up the actual structure of the template for reporting in a way that encourages good behavior. And having really good examples of like, this is a really helpful bug report. This is not like, I think that having those kinds of things built in to the system um, makes it so much better so that if someone actually, and if someone really wants to, I also think conversely, you need to be able to allow people to submit what might seem at a glance, like a bad bug report, because there might be a, like a huge problem that you just can't see. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you need to provide like, these are best practices. This is what's most helpful. This is, and then it say, this is what allows us to, Right. label things properly, get to them faster. Like, and giving the why I think really helps motivate people to take their time and actually report things. Well, I do not believe in over, um, adding too much friction. Yeah. So conversely, I think it's like, Hey, if you still don't know, please just submit something. We would rather hear from you than not. <laughs> um, yeah. and then from there, whoever is triaging can kind of go through and ask some like follow-up questions and dig in. Um, there's actually a, an issue this morning before I jumped on here where someone yeah. was like on one thread reporting an issue that's actually about enhancements. And I was like, Hey, went back at one point thinking I found the problem. It was not it. So I was like, great, open a separate issue. Let's preserve this discussion. So I also think getting really granular and kind of being, um, listening and making people feel heard and actually hearing people, but then also making sure things are actually split out appropriately. And they may not know that. So rather than like taking it on the person, I think it's okay to be pretty, heavy-handed in directing folks. Um, so when it comes down to it afterwards, I think there's a lot to be said for um, having clear categorization and then encouraging people. Um, one thing I wish we had better in the WordPress community is actually like better discoverability of specific issues. So a lot of time for me is spent being like, yep, that's already open. <laughs> here yeah. is this. <laughs> Go yeah. comment here with your use case. Um, and even people really deep in the community, this happens. It's happened to me. I've opened duplicate issues. Um, but we'd always rather have duplicates than not. And I think treating duplicates with grace also helps create a really good like bug reporting culture. And like to be honest, everything I'm talking about right now, other than the structure, a lot of it's about the culture and the tone that you're setting, um, which I think developers often overlook. <laughs> like quite frankly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, you know, you see, you'll read on like Stack Overflow or whatever, right? Somebody mm -hmm. asks a question and then somebody's like, this is a duplicate thread. And yeah. I'm like... Cool. Okay. Like, okay answer so it. what? Yeah. <laughs> Great. So yeah. you can just copy and paste your answer from the last one. Like, mm -hmm. I also um, think there's a certain point of like maybe that means you need documentation. 
Right. Maybe that means yeah. you need to fix it. Maybe that, you know, like, Hey, right. thanks so much for this data point. There's a duplicate thread. Just say thank you. Like, I think that that right. goes a really long yeah, way. Yeah. Like, right. It, I mean, it, it could be right. That the person asking the question didn't really know what to look for mm-hmm. or like how to ask the question. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, like you said, a little bit of patience and, and grace. Um, mm-hmm. I do like, I do like what you, you said about like setting up the template, but not being like so rigid uh, yeah. don't create too much friction. Right. Um, cause you know, I'll always say I would, I like had a form that was kind of like fill in the blank. That was like, uh, I was on this page. Mm-hmm. My browser is this browser. My operating system is this operating system. I did this. I expected that, but mm-hmm. this thing actually happened. Right. That's like, I think a good for I testing that. Like, my yeah. websites. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if someone's like, I don't know what browser I'm using. Right. Um, or like if they're like, I know my like my browser is the one with the compass, then I'm like, okay, like so you're using mm-hmm. a Mac and you're using Safari. Yeah. Um but like, you know, I'm first of all, like the the operating system question usually is is I'm not gonna say unnecessary on the web, but a I've, little bit. Sometimes there are like yeah, Windows I've, problems. Yeah. yeah. I've yet to come across a, a, a common problem. Where like it worked in Chrome on Mac, but didn't work in Chrome on Windows, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, but you know, I, I just like more information is good, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the, I did this and expected this to happen, I think is, is probably hard. Like you're not, as a person, you're not like recording in your mind, like everything that's happening. Um, or like, like, I think a bad version of that question is, what were you doing right before things went wrong? Like, I don't really, I yeah. don't, I don't, I no I'm not idea. memorizing yeah. everything <laughs> I did. I don't know. I got a text message. Somebody said, a, sent a dumb tweet. Yeah. And then like, yeah. I went back to this website and it was broken. But like, I did this expecting this, I think is, mm-hmm. is kind of a better way to frame it. I, I thought this would happen and this didn't happen. So I totally agree. Yeah. There's also a cool in the GitHub repo for WordPress right now for Gutenberg. Um, we added a, it's a required thing, but it says, did you search the repo for other issues? But it's not like you have to say yes. You could say no. Right. So like there are people who straight up are like, nope, didn't have time. <laughs> and I'm like, cool. So my first thing I'm going to do is like check the repo. Right. Which is totally fine, but you can still submit a bug report. It does not like you have to go search before you get, you get shown stuff. And there are forums where like, I think there's support forums where you can't actually contact support until you try to search yeah. support articles and that makes sense to me um for sure in some use cases when you're dealing with volume i'm um, especially like the most common questions but for for testing software a lot of times that's not going to be the case you're just not going to have a top 10 <laughs> kind of like yeah. reporting issues you know right right and i you know I, I really like the way um like ios apps take this approach mm-hmm. um where like when you f- some like the good ones at least you fill out a form and like the system stuff automatically gets sent like a report is yes. automatically generated so they don't have to ask for that a little harder to do right with WordPress issues because yeah. um, I mean sometimes like plugins will do that where it's like fill out a bug report here and like here's all the pertinent information mm-hmm. but um, it's a little bit harder and then similarly with Apple right there's like the feedback app if you're on the mm-hmm. on the betas um, I can't see any issues anybody su- submitted there right that's all just going into the nebulous black hole that is Apple's feedback area. Um, if it gets fixed, I know they saw it, right? Like mm-hmm, I don't even mm-hmm. get a response sometimes. So um, yeah, I Let's think it really, Google Maps. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it all really, like you said, depends on the culture and, and managed mm-hmm. expectations. Um, 
All right. We've been talking for a while here. I do want to ask you one more thing uh, about a project that you mentioned called oh, yeah. uh, block-museum.com. Is that the right URL? Yes, that is the right URL. I will be quick with this. Um, basically, I just missed art during the pandemic. And then I was on a hallway hangout with some WordPress community members. And Timmy Lister made these block patterns that were just stunning. I just thought they were gorgeous. And it made me, I just like crave museums. Yeah. And so I actually have a, a video of it where I'm like, writing the notes. I'm like, let's create a block museum. I think it'd be cool. Like what if we did art with, with blocks and I kind of tucked it away and I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, cause I think having fun with WordPress and having like some whimsy and, and thinking about like, I know that the whole, like, at least to me, it's like a joke of you can spot a WordPress site a mile away. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, what if you couldn't believe something was made with WordPress? And right. that's what I wanted to get at is like, let's take the edges of the software and create art with it. So it's basically like a, community submissions, art, you know, museum, and it's virtual and you can go visit it. And I have ideas about maybe printing some of the art out for like WordCamp US, which I think could be cool. And having like, you know, this was made with blocks, kind of like a little art exhibit. I don't know. I might just like print it myself and bring it um, just because I'm a nerd. But yeah, I'm, I'm considering opening up um, some new tools came or coming with 6.0, um, especially to the group block, which is a big thing that folks have been using to create art. Um, and some new border controls and all sorts of cool stuff. So I'm thinking about doing submissions for 6.0. Um, nice. So stay tuned because each release is going to create, you know, more options for design tools and unlock more stuff. So I think it would be neat to be like, this art was created with 5.9, <laughs> you know, like it's like the 5.9 exhibit. And then by the time you're like yeah. 5, it's like, you know, like, like really wild stuff. Like, I think it'd be so cool to show like the evolution and to start categorizing them by like WordPress release. But obviously this is like a side project and for fun, but I just like to mention it. Um, I appreciate you calling it out because it's yeah. just a fun way to think about WordPress and using the software in a different way. Yeah. It's super cool. First of all, I'm looking at the Mario, like the 8-bit Mario. <laughs> Nick Hamsey. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then like, even like, like your, um, the splitting mm -hmm, block, mm -hmm. like that's so cool. Yeah. Like it was super easy. It took me like five minutes. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. like, uh, but that's like not something I would ever think about doing either. So mm -hmm. this almost feels like a, like a code pen for blocks kind of. Yes. Um, not to scope creep this too hard, but like, you know, <laughs> I've seen like front end Gutenberg, right? Like, mm -hmm. but this is super cool. Play with it. Um, I know, I'm like, could I do it with the pattern? I've like thought about like, could I reuse the pattern submission tool? to put it on the block museum site to then have art submissions through. And I was like, okay, and you can't like, we're not doing it. Like, I was like, I don't need another full-time job. Yeah. Like, right. But this is yeah. really cool. Uh, definitely check it out. Block-museum.com. Uh, and McCarthy, this has been an absolute pleasure. I think that if, uh, if anybody is writing software or like any tech stuff, right? Like this is, there's a lot of really helpful information here for getting, good tests, getting people outside the their bubbles to test and submitting good feedback. So thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. Yep. And one more time, if people want to find you, where can they go? At Anzazu on Prestorg Slack, otherwise nomad.blog. You can find me on LinkedIn, but I am not on really social media. I'm on and off of Instagram, but you definitely don't want to contact me on there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Anzazu, is that, is that Zazu like... um? Lion King. The Lion King. Cool. Yep. And was taken for everything when I was in middle school. So it just ah. kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And like I said, I'll link to all of that in the show notes over at plesk.com slash podcast. But Anne McCarthy, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Yes. Thank you. 
All right. And thank you for listening for all the show notes. Again, head over to plus.com slash podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing. Thanks so much for listening to Next Level Ops. And until next time, remember to take it to the next level. 